Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get in the Garage. We're a music podcast for music lovers. We've got a great show planned for you today, but before we begin, as always, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe, and share, share, share the podcast with all your friends and your family and anybody who likes music, anything like that, and then hit that little notification bell. That will let you know whenever new episodes drop. And last but certainly not least, make sure you rate us on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. We have a very special episode for you today. We have got two members of the group, The Hempsteadies. Their latest album on the undercard was released this past Friday, July 14th, via Telegraph Recording Company. Shout out to Rich. Um, It is available on cassette, CD, and on all streaming platforms. Please welcome. We have Andrew Carey from uh, The Hempsteadies on guitar and vocals, and Enemy the Illist, uh, the band hype man and also vocalist guys welcome to the podcast thank thanks you. for having us thank you for having us yeah yeah yeah. love um, your podcast thank you man love yeah you guys. we appreciate you guys coming on uh we've we've brought the podcast outside uh it is getting the garden today um hopefully the, <laughs> the pronounced garden guard oh thank you, you show a little respect <laughs> please <laughs> thank you thank you thank you um so yeah like let's get into it um so the hemp studies you guys so you guys were formed in uh, i think it was yeah 2006 Initially, at least that's what it says on your bio. Sounds good. <laughs> um, yeah, we we it's really shaky when we started because it's so long ago. Yeah, we it was it was before uh, before we keep track of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but the first release was 2015. So like first solid first release. solid. The first solid I think we release. had we had like a demo tape sort of that we had put out um, called the Beat That Moves Hempstead Street. Okay, that was like a four song EP. Okay, I think. Yeah. I wasn't no, no, on you it. You weren't on there. I had you nothing to do there. with the band. So I was opening for the band at that time. You were opening for the band at that time. Yeah, because I saw it was like initially that it, the Hemp Studies was sort of a thing that was like, you know, you guys would kind of like, it was like an underground thing where you guys would kind of get together and you'd do a couple things, but like nothing was really solid until a little bit later on. At what point, Enemy, did you get involved with the band? So I mean, since, since you were opening, you were obviously around. I would imagine you hopped on yes. songs now and again. But I would go to their shows. Yeah. Our shows now, yeah. our shows. Uh, huge fan of the band. I was like nothing I'd ever seen before. I knew the guys from the band from from being they were in other bands that I used to open up for uh, back in the day. Mike Prater with the Sound Factory used to do like a thing like twenty bands for twenty bucks all weekend, mm. and he would put on bands that didn't belong with each other, rap artists and punk rock bands, and Andy's band Hand Grenade Serenade, and Jordan's band Chasing Trinity, and. Uh, and all the bands that everyone came from, I used to perform with, open up for, and then show love for. So we became friends before that. And then when they were doing Hempsteadies, I was like, well, I already know these guys. And let's check it out. And I was like, oh, this is like everything, so much fun rolled into one. Mm. So I go to shows, and then I was like, well, can I still open up for shows since you knew me? And I, it was, uh, I opened up, I think after the show, we did Bank Street Cafe. Uh, Soon after that, they were yeah. like, their they said they're their hype man at the time. Yeah, uh, that, Isaac. That's right when we started to get like, it was it was a while, like eight years of like just like crazy shows, crazy parties, just yeah. like we gigging didn't and grinding. Yeah. Right right grinding. And it was like it was wild shows, and then we were like, you know what, we have we're selling out places in like New London, like we are playing cool cool places, but we have nothing to show for it, and it looked really lame to like show up with like big bands on a nice show and then have nothing at the merch table and we all it was, that was when we were like all right we got to get serious and so s- half the band left 
<laughs> well, because I mean, you got to look at it as like at first it was like a fun thing yeah. to do, and then they were like, well, we have to do regimented practices and be on time and and do all this stuff. Yeah. So that's that's not for a lot of. It artists, was sort of a right. slow half of the band left. It was like all right, two people quit, and then the yeah. other hype man quit, and then um, we had to kick kick a couple people out. You know, it just happens, and then then some pe- more people left, and then it sort of formed the hand stays that we are today. But enemy, since we've been like a real band, since we put out a real album. Right, That's really, when enemy when we got to be be real is when like, I always explain to people that the, band. the day that I got a Facebook message from from Covey the drummer and he's like, hey, question for you, you know, hit me up when you have a chance. And I said, okay. And he writes, he's like, well, uh, how would you want to like try being the Hempsteady's hype man on for size? And I I was panicked at first because I'm like, what, you know? And then I said yes, and I. Tell people it's like Bon Jovi asking me to be in Bon Jovi. That's how much, that's how excited I was. I called mm. all my friends. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be in the Hempsteadies. And then I remember the first few practices, everything I did, I'm like, was that okay? Yeah. Was it, and they were like, just do what, whatever you want to do. I was like, I was like, enemy, no. You can't have enemy. In he's, like, <laughs> he's a happy rapper. Like he's straight edge. We were like wasted all the time right. on stage. Like this is not going to, it's not going to be good. All right. You guys want to try it out? We'll try it out. And like. I, I was nervous. It. I love Enemy so much. It was so good. It worked I'm, out. It worked out perfect. Good balance it. of chemistry yeah. and all that. Worked out. Perfect. I've been pretty confident my entire career of doing music and stuff like that. That was one of the only times I can remember being unsure of my future because I'd never done anything like that before. And the, their hype man had already like kind of put his footprint down of what the sound and the vibe was. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do it exactly like him, but I don't know anything else other than what I do. Yeah. So there was a lot of times at practice where I'm like, I'm trying stuff out, and I'm kind of like, was that? And they're like, I don't know, just kind of just feel it out. And I, I'm so like, it's got to be this way with rap music all the time where I didn't understand the carefree nature and the creativity of like the, the openness and ability to kind of make it my own. And then 10 years later, I now I feel like I'm in the band. Right. Now okay. I feel like Andy really likes me, so that's yeah. great. <laughs> so you're also featured heavily on the new album, and you said like you had you know at first some difficulty getting in there. Like, what was some of the stuff on the new album that you really enjoyed, and you felt like now you feel like you're in the band? Like, what's the stuff that you feel like is really cementing that? For I mean, you? of course, all kidding aside, I always feel like I'm in the band. Yes. You know, but there was a long time where I felt like I was the new guy still and and feeling stuff out, but even in my opinion, creating this album when Andy presented the songs and stuff, because Andy does the the heavy lifting when it comes okay. to writing and creating. And mm-hmm. I I always, you know, Andy, nothing but hits carry, you know, so it's that's what he does. He writes hits, and then he goes to sleep, and then he wakes up and writes more hits. <laughs> but to sit down and have him let me do a little more and say, all right, this part's for you, and, and this song is for you, it was, it was a, a, a little nervous, but it was great. It was yeah. cool that you gave me... Like you had confidence in. I think we kn- we know each other. All, right. Like the whole band knows each other more now, so I know like I know what enemy can do. So yes. if I'm writing a song, I know like oh enemy is gonna be able to do this here. Like Ricky can play this keyboard part. Right. Like I know you gotta write to the people that you're playing with. A lot Absolutely. Of times. And, so, and that's and that's the good thing about this album is that we we've all been playing together for a while now, so now we're able to really write to our strengths with a lot of the stuff arrangement wise too. Yeah. So the band currently is it? I know on the album it's eight of you on a cover. Is it? an eight piece band currently as yes, constructed yeah. and some background um ska is that the correct kind of ska punk a little oh, bit of I, everything multiple horn players you i've know, got the little mix of everything hip-hop so uh yeah, punk 
described as going beyond scoff using indie rock, post-punk, mm. country, reggaeton, and whatever else they can get their hands on. Sure. And you hear right. that all over the album. There's a lot of stylistic differences between songs. Yeah. Um, two horn players, bass drum, keys, two vocalists, guitar. Yeah. We'll two throw whatever guitars. we can on there. We got a didgeridoo. I heard that. Oh, yeah. who plays the didgeridoo? That was one of my, I didn't know was was one of my questions. I figured we'd get to it later. But that, was I was our, like, that was our I producer. Thought it could our fake. producer yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, and then we got a, th- he played the theremin too. I heard All that the instruments as well. we couldn't do. He, six, six, yeah. six. Yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> yep. We have a fellow, thir- uh, not theremin player, but didgeridoo uh, oh, player. Yeah? I, I own a didgeridoo. I wouldn't consider myself, don't. I can't circular breathe. Yeah, didgeridoo, <laughs> yeah. really. But yeah. Well, who knows? Uh, next, the next album, we might be calling you out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it, might, it, we it might be all digeridoo. I play a mean yeah. djembe. Um, and I, I think you could double up on the do. Yeah. <laughs> double the do. A dollop of a digeridoo. A dollop of do. Yeah, a dollop you know? of do. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. So, kind of <laughs> on that term, Sue, so did you guys use any, like, new instruments on this record? Something, like, you guys had to, like, maybe figure out or something new that you brought to the table that you haven't used before in the studio? Yes. Well, nothing, like, out of the norm new, no. but our sax player brought in multiple saxophones. Yeah. That's what it sounded like. Like, he has yeah. Uh, a... Yeah, that was one of my questions. Uh, baritone sax, and he has... What's the Kenny G one? Oh, soprano. Soprano, soprano sax, yeah. yeah. Normally um, he plays an alto. He played tenor on there. Yeah, yeah. he played... He, he played, played all the sax. I heard that Barry sax on yeah, uh, Barry East River, sounds right? Sounds so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You had to it's, borrow that. We wish you could deep. have that all the time. Yeah. 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 yeah, so if anyone out there wants to donate a baritone sax to Pat yeah. uh, <laughs> Pat Slattery of the Hempsteadies, yeah. he actually just made sergeant in the United States Army. Oh, congratulations. So as a congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Congrat- yeah. Congratulations gift. You can... Cool. It's cheap enough, right? It's only like six grand. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Something for a good berry, eight yeah. grand. Pat deserves it. As low as three. Pat deserves it. <laughs> he deserves you know? it. I'm with yeah. I'm with it. Yeah. yeah. Imagine how awesome all our songs would sound all the time with a berry oh, sax. Yeah. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. He's going to have yeah. to switch saxes every yeah, single yeah. song. He's going to hate it. But <laughs> on a bridge, he goes to one thing. Yeah. On a chorus, he goes to something else. It'll have to be like a rotating sax harness that yeah. we can create. Yeah. The John Popper of saxophones. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> It'll be, like that'll be awesome. So Other than that, I mean, we did the didgeridoo. And the theremin, we used the theremin on the last album. Yeah. Um, nothing. Oh, so it was a real theremin, not a, yeah, it was not a, a keyboard theremin. No, it was yeah. a real, oh, legitimate, like, yeah, yeah. ghostly sure. whales. Yeah. I tried yeah, the to studio we were at is so cool. Where was big, this? Big, nice studio in yeah. uh, Lincoln, Rhode Island. They had, okay. like, everything cool. you could think of. There's just instruments all over yeah. the wall. They had, they had the theremin. They had the yeah. didn't they have we, like, we didn't bring our own. They, yeah. Yeah. Like, they every had so many Every little thing you can imagine. awesome. Is that, is that something you think about like before you go in there, or is it kind of like an in the moment thing? Or you guys are like, oh, I think that's it was the theremin we already knew ahead of time on yep. six six six. The didgeridoo um, was didgeridoo was in the moment. I think Jordan thought of that. Like we were there, we're like, oh, we should get that. We should intro. Yeah, this was a didgeridoo. Yeah, but and, it's it's yeah. almost overwhelming in that studio because there it's it's huge. It's a great space. There's stuff strategically yeah. placed everywhere. So there's like toys and not toys, but like musicians' toys. Yes. Yes. There's there's music and there's like every instrument you could imagine you could think of in every room and there's like little things to like play and little wood blocks oh you know what else we put on there we put that that weird like uh japanese uh yeah the squeaky thing we we have that on there yeah 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 Yeah. amaphone or whatever oh yeah we did use that we did use that yeah (laughs) that's awesome james played that yeah do you know on which song this is featured on to be the, we're gonna have to listen. Maybe it's that so, same song, the Spacey song. It might be on that one. It might be into the Great one? Beyond. Yeah, okay, into the Great Beyond. I, Maybe. Lo- I love this. That's, we tried yeah. to use this. Amada I mean, like, I, yeah. Like I got a little mm-hmm. carried away. Like I'm like, why don't we put some bells on this song and do like a Glockenspiel on this song? I'm a Glockenspiel fan because yeah. like yeah. E Street Bands has exactly. that signature Glockenspiel yeah. sound. Well, in I, the send background. The, I send the demos too. Like I'll write all the songs and I'll send it out to everybody. Yep. And the horn sounds on Garage Band are <laughs> awful. Yeah. So I, I usually use a like a Glockenspiel to be like, this is the horn part. Is the yeah. Glockenspiel? And so yeah. like we're sort of. 
I want to rock the Glock. I want like a Glockenspiel. Yeah. I was uh, actually curious about that too, like how the horn parts get written. Because I mean, I've only kind of been in like normal rock band, guitar, bass, drums, that kind of thing. And how you said you go in Garage Band and kind of uh, write the horn lines out? Is yeah, that... usually it's yeah. Well, I'll write it out for them. It's just when there's so many people, like it's it'd be cool if we could all just like jam and be like, all right, we're gonna do this. But that's impossible. Got all impo- carve out your own space, You gotta sort yeah. of be like, all right, here, yeah, yeah. here we go. Yeah, smart. And so. We'll we'll yeah. like adjust the thing here or there and like yeah. tweak stuff. Do you think we'll ever release the demos as like something fun? I don't know. We the could, real they, raw, the real raw demos. The ones in the because we we it, it's a lot of it's a lot of time because we get in the studio we just want to like knock everything out. Yeah. We get in there and we get in there and it's just it's just work. So we I send demos of all the songs like full demos and then we practice them for like three months, mm-hmm. four months these songs and we would record them every practice and like. Um, Tweak him, mm-hmm. so because the best a lot part of about recordings. playing together for so many years is that he can send us the demo, the raw skeleton of a song, and we can all kind of see the vision of it. Mm-hmm. Even though, like I, some of the songs I don't quite get right away. Yeah. Some of my favorite songs right now, when he first sent the demos, I'm kind of like, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know it was outside my comfort zone. So I'm always the type to be like, nah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about this, but. Once we get it, there's times of practice where we'll add a little bit in, and then Andy will be like, "Why don't you try it like this to the horns, or try it like this at keyboards?" And we do it a different way, and then I'm like, "Oh, now it's like we get the wide eyes, and we're like, oh, this now it's a song. Like yeah. now we're writing songs. It's it's great." But in Andy's head, he sees the vision, he sees the the finished product. I'm sure, and he's just like, "Just trust. I trust in this process, and it's I love it." Yeah, I, there's a, there's a few songs on this one that people were like. Nope, this is not gonna work. It's not gonna work at, at the all. Beginning. <laughs> it's not gonna work at all. And then like, let's just, let's just keep just going. Keep going. Yeah. Give, me, give me a month. Give can us you a think month of one that was like that. Um, yes. Hold the closer, especially like oh, we couldn't get the 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 time signature at the end. Yeah. It sort of does this like weird little little yeah. hiccup at the yeah. end at the, for the outro. It rotates through with a hiccup. So yeah. just when you think you're grooving, you got to regroove. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we just could not get that one down. Into the Great Beyond, Beyond when I first heard it, like, I did not like Mm. it at all. I I didn't like the beat of it. I didn't like what was happening in the song. And uh, Andy and I had talked about it, and he was like, well, maybe you can... Maybe you can rap a little bit on this. And I was like, oh... To me, I was like, oh, that's kind of super gimmicky. And then we tried it in practice, and I I didn't... There was a a couple practices where I just kind of sat there and was like, I don't... I gotta listen to the song. And I felt almost, like, useless, because they're playing it and playing it and nailing it. And I'm just kind of like... I gotta figure out a way how to love this song, mm. and then you did something like, "Why don't you do like a ba da ba da ba?" And I'm like, "Okay, okay." And I grabbed, I gra- I started writing, and then mm. listened a little bit more, wrote a little bit more, tried it out, tried it out. Next thing you know, it's a friggin' because awesome that's a song. lot of yeah, there's a lot of, of there's a lot of yeah. song right yeah. there. And after I understood the song, mm. like personally, I'm like, "Okay, I understand where we're going with this. I understand why he wrote it. I understand his vision of like mm. you want to explain break down." The album as a whole. Did you have a question about that? Is yeah, that- I was gonna ask you guys because it was uh, based on movies. Because I can come back to this. And no, hit it now. Yeah, hit it now. Please. We're yeah. here, so like, like talk well, about saying, it. Yeah, I mean, thematically, we were just like, yeah. I don't know. Like, we we always want to try to do something different. Like we're not a regular ska band. Like mm-hmm. we always want to do something a little bit different. And everybody stuck in pandemic. It's like a lot of feelings going around right now everybody talks feel it's so easy to write songs about your feelings and it just seems like there's a lot of that so we just wanted to go a different direction and wanted to write story songs really mm. and like movies yeah. were like a cool way to do it so we did like uh if it's not 
really like telling a whole story it's at least thematically like you get the vibe of a certain type of movie with like a lot of these songs too yeah i when i was listening to it i really was like okay like you kind of got the vibe and then i was reading a little bit the record i was like oh they're all it's all moving and then i was like because i was thinking like you were like i didn't really want to write something personal i felt that i was like oh these feel so nice and personal yeah and i think i mean no matter what they gets personal yeah and i love that because like it came it comes out like both ways it is like a really personal album that feels like it's like about like triumphs and life and all that you know good stuff and friends and but it also is i love the bend of where you were writing like story songs about movies is can i ask like is there a certain type of movie that you like watch all the time or is are movies like a certain like comfort thing? It's, I got, I, I've been sort of addicted. <laughs> I've, been, I've been rating, I've been rating them on, on IMDb now. So I can like, oh, keep track. Okay. That's awesome. the letterbox just cause I can't remember. I, I was doing letterbox a little bit, but like it was too much to do two apps. Yeah. So I just stuck to the IMDb and it's, it's a, it's a ridiculous amount that I've gone through. Um, but, I've been addicted to the Criterion Channel and awesome. AMC Classics, yes. like real old stuff and like yep. real weird indie films, everything. Yep. Yeah. So are you one of those people when I go on IMDb and I'm like, is this movie good or not? It's could be. I just put the rating in. I don't really do that. <laughs> Letterboxd, I was trying to write stuff so I could like remember what I did, but I don't do do too much of the like. Okay. All yeah. Right, right on. I, I, think uh, I think I've only commented on like two movies that were really bad, and I was just like, I gotta say how <laughs> how bad this was. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else, I just give it some stars so I can remember because I could I have the worst memory like mm. in the world. It's mm. it's so bad. So I'm like, did I see this movie or not? It takes me like ten minutes before I can figure out if I saw it or not. Especially so. when you watch a lot of movies, they yeah. start blending into the same movie. Mm. Mm. But even with the album, you know, when he explained to us that he he was inspired by. Mm cinema movies mm-hmm. and whatnot even went into the great beyond when he broke it down for me he's like this is what this is like blasting off like yeah. taking off unknown and we, he started giving me these like little key phrases of what i should use for inspiration and i'm like okay and he dropped little gems and he's like well what about this and i'd say a little bit he's like no well he kept me like really like tight to the the topic because i i have a tendency when i just write fast to just go off on tangents and then becomes like like uh, like a like a battle rap song where it could be about anything at all but andy like harnessed it and was like well bring it back a little bit more towards the stay on topic and it was mm-hmm. it was great when you gave me those tips because i it came out to be an awesome song mm-hmm. the song into the great beyond there's so many like detailed references in there and to into the great beyond that I will challenge a listener to like pick them all out and try to, I'll, I mean, I'll give you an example. Like there's say there's one that says like a die in fame or go down in flames. Uh, that's from the air force song. Like it's from the, the air force song when I was in the air force and you know, we had to sing it every morning when I was in tech school. So it's, that's like into the great beyond, you know, it's like the air force over there. Like I, I reference uh, another one like silver surfer and Galactus, which is like, celestial cosmic into the great beyond unknown great, like great grand like vast humanoids and stuff like that there's a lot in there and it was a lot it's a lot to remember too <laughs> well that in that song musically too in the center of it it gets into this like controlled chaos of the full band oh yeah and it reminded me of like the color blast sequences near the end of 2001 space odyssey yeah where it's very spaced very like wide open that's yeah. probably my favorite movie yeah. of all time oh cool yeah space? Cool. Oh, really? 2001 space odyssey yeah, yeah. and uh spike lee's do the right thing oh, i think yeah. our top nice. top two such so. a different movie i did not think yeah. you as a 2001 fan oh yeah i mean i i have on my album hate me quietly i have a hal voice yeah. clips <laughs> and stuff like that i 2001 space odyssey is yeah, it's probably 
my might be my favorite mm. movie of all time. Uh, That's why I like Interstellar so much because it's just like oh, sure, the same yeah. movie but better, yeah. <laughs> but better, <laughs> but done right. You know, yeah, yeah. right on. Um, I also wanted to shout out some other lyrics on here. Um, the "Put the gun down and grab the cannoli" line on East River is one of my favorite lines I've heard. It's uh, the, and pray to all that is holy we, is the end. We were dri- so Luke and I. We worked together. We were driving home from work the other day, and uh, we were talking about the album. You know, and. He's like, yo, that one lyric. I'm like, yeah, I know, you know. And like, I kind of understand. And he's like, yeah, uh, it's uh, put the, like put the gun down, eat the cannoli. And we're like, yes. And like, we threw the song on, and we're like, ah, like we're like, it was so good. It was just so good. I got a voice message the other day from uh, uh, a guy that I met when I was on tour in Philly and stuff. He plays drums and he raps and produces and stuff like that. And he left. And he, that was another thing he referenced. He goes. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. I can never eat another cannoli again without thinking that line. <laughs> Listen, as much as I love that line and I really rip it, I can't take credit for it because Andy wrote that line. Very and nice. and it was it was that was, wasn't sure if it was gonna work either. That was the, the jump little... off line to the song. Oh, like yeah. that, that that was the yeah. thing where we, we We both we were, we both wrote the lyrics for that, so we both like half yeah. and half. Mm-hmm. But that was one that That was like... a when he said that in practice, I'm getting goosebumps even talking about it right now. I'm like, this is I get it. Like this song yeah. like I Let's go. And I was like, tick, 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 tick. right, yeah. right, right, right. It was like I was a machine. And then we just went back and forth. And it was like, it, we wrote in like, I don't know, a week and a half, two weeks or something like that. Yeah. The lyrics. That was, that's, that's the one song that we had been playing a, long a time. little bit. But like, we. I'd yeah, been we begging a little for while. that song it hasn't to come been, out. Yeah. I, for us, it's been a long time. Right. It's really only been like a year that we were playing it out. Maybe two years. Oh, yeah. That was the first one we started playing out. Yeah. That was the really. first one we started playing out. But it's that was. Practice. All the other ones are yeah. actually only came to life recently. In, a year ago, like yeah. around now, we started writing the album last year. And there was a lot of songs live. that we didn't know would transition well into live songs. Sure. The ones that are really successful live that mm. the crowd really gets into, in my eyes, I thought were just album cuts. Mm. And, and then we played it a couple times and we're like, I remember afterwards, yeah. we were like, that song really hit. Like, they really understood it. And I get excited because I want everyone to love every song because I love every song. Sure. And yeah. I want everyone to have the same emotional connection to it. I know they're not going to. They're mm-hmm. going to pick their favorites and they're going to pick easy ones to learn. But there's some in there that are like, you're stupid for not loving this song, in my opinion. You're stupid for not loving these songs. <laughs> All these songs. Listen, if you love the Hempsteadies, don't be stupid. Just love every song. Love them all. There's only 12 of them. Come right. on. Dedicate yourself to every, something. No, I want every album, every song ever released. Yes. Please. Hey, you mentioned um, the like songwriting process, the lyric writing together. I thought one of the best things about this album was how much vocal interplay there was between the two of you. I wasn't sure what to expect, but there's there's a couple songs where you like finish each other's sentences and you go back and forth, or one of you does a verse, the other does the chorus, and I thought that was a really great dynamic. Because I I mean, I've seen some live clips and I've seen you guys a couple times live, but uh, I feel like it was a lot more immersed the two of you together on this album. I think so. Yeah. I. I yeah. loved the vibe of this yeah. album. Yeah. yeah, I think we yeah. we're, we're we got this one down pretty good. I'm sort of sort of can't wait to do like another one. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. We, we were talking about like, that we're too. Like, we're like now we're on like the now we're on yeah. we're on the path now because yeah. this is I feel like this one's really good. Even there was some sort songs figured like it out. I think the undercard where where the second part we go back and forth. It's uh, to me it's got a real Run DMC vibe like that 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 and and I. I loved it because it's not a rap. It's like the song part of it, but you don't see a lot of that going back and forth where we mm. we tried it out and it worked, and I love the fact that we can do songs together instead of just, okay, Andy does this part and I do this part. And that's what you, your yeah. job is this and my job is this. Now our job is just to do yeah. whatever we want, you and know? It, with the, like the movie theme too, when we're trading off, like those hold the closer and 
uh, was it East River? Un- East River. We're both like different characters. Undercard so, like, too. An undercard, you know? yeah. Yep. Or, nice, yeah, yeah. So we're like it, it like it fits us trading off too. It's yeah, not just, it's not it's not we're not just trading off for no reason. There's a there's a point to it. Yeah, and if you listen to it, you can listen to it again. Then you you kind of understand. Sometimes people will listen to it at face value and be like, okay, they're going back and forth. But then when you like separate and say, okay, there's a character part, there's a narrator part. There, it, it's it tells a better story, adds a lot more color to the song, which is exciting for me because in rap songs, you have to do everything yourself, you know, or have another rapper do it and stuff like that. It's not done regularly in rock and roll songs, in my opinion. You know, the creativity of it and the fact that we did it in a movie style is is so exciting to me that. I, I love that people love it, but it was taking a chance, really, you know, with, with something like that. Yeah. The, um, I want to talk a little about the recording process. So, like, when you guys go in, are you live in the room style? Are you guys, like, everything's isolated and then layered on top of that? Because it feel, everything feels very cohesive, and it kind of feels live in the room because that's kind of that feels like you guys are just all engines go in the room all together all at once. I just wasn't sure, like, how do you... Yeah, that's that's what we did. We So... We, we basically we booked two days to track everything mm. and we the rhythm section guitars bass drums keyboards we just tracked everything with like a scratch vocal for for two days and laid down everything um we did use like a click track for most of it so when we do overdubs or if we had to change anything we could and then we book another day it's going to be horns and vocals and then we do the mix and then we'd add whatever extra flavor we want on top of it and that's sort of like that's the process for the last two albums, mm-hmm. really. Two yeah. really long days. Uh, it was like reminiscent of when uh, I was producing your first band's album, The Quiet Room. Yes. Uh, album called Have We Learned Anything Yet? They uh, you remember. <laughs> love it. Uh, they won a battle of the bands and won two days in a studio up in Boston. And oh. we were, what, 16 at the time? Yeah. yeah. Worked harder than any band I've ever seen in my entire life. Went in there, what, 8 a.m.? Worked till 9 p.m., drove home next day, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m., two days straight, 16-year-old kids. One of them was a little bit of a terror because he kept asking the, the engineer all these questions, and we were on a time limit. We have two days in the studio, and he wants to know how the how reverb works. <laughs> like, t- how does reverb I said, bro, write down your questions, and we'll answer them at the end. This is like we're burning through time here. Anyway, it's the process was too, like, heavy days in the studio we came into the work we prepped ourselves we practiced you know everyone was supposed to practice at home and yeah, if you yeah. showed up to the recording day and you weren't ready you didn't practice the tape tells the truth right yeah. so but like yeah. i said we andy nailed it we like mm-hmm. seance seance we did the same thing we went in there for mm-hmm. two days straight and then this time we're like okay let's just do that again because the process works and it, yeah. it does and there was times where i think the last album we had to go in and, and reduce a couple vocals afterwards not this one, but the the last album. The other one, I think. Yeah, we we had to do more. Yeah, everything but, we pretty much got everything that those those days. The first day went by a lot quicker than we thought. Like, I mean, we we got a lot more done mm, than the yeah. first day this time than we had ever done. We were all excited. Yeah, we were I excited. Mean, we you know? we yeah. originally were. I mean, we were a twelve piece band, and then all of a sudden we were gonna go in the studio and record four songs, and suddenly we were an eight piece band, and we're yeah. like, you know what, we can. I I was like I think we can learn a whole album now that we have less people. Yep. It's le- there's less noise. There's less like like we could focus yeah, yeah. more. And you were right. And because we because we cut down, it actually made us more way Stronger, more productive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it uh, also we benefits to us to have people in the bands that can play multiple sure. instruments. So if we need a different style of guitar or, or something else that someone's like okay, they can jump in and layer the magic of studio yeah, yeah. and whatnot. Where we di- we found out we didn't we just needed the core eight people to do it and listen you 
the album speaks for itself. It's mm. it's heavy, you know. Right. You know, and I was I, I was wondering that too if it was kind of built up on tracks or recorded live because I mean a lot of people like most most things I hear today are built up tracks and I love that it was like old school too you know people really playing and I think you could really really yeah. you could tell and not in the in a bad way in the way it feels like great people playing together and it gels well and that you're right heavy man yeah we do as much as we can like live of yeah. it because that's the energy sure I don't even yeah. think instrument wise that we did too much overdubs I think we, uh, all the takes that we took were pretty the, the grand piano the grand piano like a lot of it was just like all great. the peppered and everything was everything was yeah. the take that, that was recorded we might we sometimes we'll do like a song five times mm -hmm. right um, but because we do it to a click track we can be like all right mm -hmm. use my use my take mm -hmm. from that one yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so but it's it wasn't a lot of like cut and pasting was, or anything was this like that. the first full-length recording from the current lineup of the band yeah okay yeah yeah this is the first one yeah. with Mikey well actually we did we did one um one single with Mikey on drums so that he we the first time with Mikey on drums mm -hmm. Mikey Winslow um, Mikey Winslow Shout out. Yeah. he's in every band the man he's yeah. in every single band you know I I think a good drumming recording is good when you don't pay attention to it and it just like rolls and it goes so great job Mikey because it sounds great yeah he didn't even have to pay attention to it it's rock he, solid tell you, he does a great <laughs> he does such a great job yeah uh, I wanted to ask you, you guys did that, uh, you said scratch track of vocals. Did you keep any vocals from the original days? Did you keep any on the Whoa. album or did you redo all the vocals? That's just, you know, just curious. Um, I think, you know, the only thing that we kept is at the end of 666. The applause. We all applauded. Yeah. Yeah. That was the only one that we, that was the only one. But with stuff like, I like to add little, like, human yeah, yeah. aspects of the yeah. song into that because that is a fun song and yeah. it's light. It's the lightest song, like, on the album where it's, to me, it's like the, it's, it's got like dark undertones as yeah, far yeah. as the the topics are concerned, but it's like a really fun song. And at the end, you just kind of let loose. And we were that was one of the last ones we did. I was like, we were clapping because I think we were done. Yeah, like, I think that was like the I was like I was clapping and saying yeah. It was excellent. It was, I love it in there. It's it's yeah. the real raw emotion of yeah. us being in the yeah. studio having a, a good time. And I I like when stuff like that comes through, uh, mm. and you can really like hear the the originality and like the real authentic like mm. side of us instead of us mm. trying to be characters or be yeah. you know professional on some, some good tambourine uh, shake endings too on one one or two songs yeah that was yeah. ricky that was uh was that ricky I or mike feel, i don't even i don't even ricky's remember your keyboard player but yeah okay. he'll play yeah he plays tambourine live i don't know if he did sure. it in the studio or not i don't remember i don't know it could have been anyone yeah. it's yeah, a whirlwind yeah. those yeah. two days in the studio <laughs> i bring a lot of snacks and i do a lot of sitting around um Snacks are important. What kind of snacks did you guys eat in the studio? I try to yeah, eat. Yeah, what's the Hemsteady sn snack? The, what, what, snacks? Last year, seance, seance, we <laughs> were like, oh, let's get pizza. And somebody was like, let's get uh, anchovy pizza. Yeah. And it was it's it, it was the worst. It was the it's worst so idea ever. It's like it a so joke bad. where you like, never get anchovies. But like really never get anchovies. It's so <laughs> gross. It no, smells so I didn't really not like it, but I would never order it again. Yes. Why not just get mushroom pizza? It's so good. I try to bring mushrooms. Don't have eyeballs, Dan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you want to chew those? I things. know. Put a little googly eyes on each piece of pizza. There, you happy now? Your mushroom's got an eyeball, kid. <laughs> and I'm gonna fart on it. They make it really smelly. <laughs> have some fart pizza, you jerk. And I'm like, I just wanted a, mu I just wanted a slice of mushroom pizza. Yeah. All I wanted was a Pepsi. I, <laughs> all I wanted was a Pepsi. That's all I wanted. I have left an anchovy pizza in a car overnight in the middle of summer. Before. Oh, what a prankster. Unusable your, car. Your car or someone no, else's? No, my, uh, my significant other's. Oh, the food she ate your guts. <laughs> yeah. She ordered the pizza. Well, she deserved it. That's Sorry. what I'm saying. I just forgot to take it out of the car. Yeah. You know? I'll take that blame. I'll take that blame. Oh, sick prank, though. It is. Yeah. It sick is. burn.
<laughs> you have to order a pizza to do it though. Um, can I ask uh, also about this record? What um what was the antithesis for six six six? Because I love that song on here. It reminded me of myself as a child wearing like you know your Marilyn yeah. Manson gear to the mall and trying to freak out everybody and all that good I stuff. I mean that's exactly what it was. It was it was it was my my youth like walking to the Norristown Mall for taking six hours from Mottville to get there, and like just doing all that dumb shit and. There was a podcast about uh, was the, the Satanic Panic, mm-hmm. but like you know, and sort of inspired by that a little bit. Like I went to a Catholic school, and like my grandmother was Catholic, and they definitely was like did not like all like the the heavy metal shirts that I was wearing and stuff, and it was it would always freak him out. So it's kind of funny, mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of it's definitely a throwback to, to, to right. Don't school. take it too seriously. Yeah, and yeah. It, like, no. some people will hear it and they're like. What? I like yeah, a preacher no. break in the middle too. I was like to ask you a preacher break. <laughs> what, that, I mean, is it a preacher? I don't. I don't say yeah. amen. I don't That's say it, it could just be a, a person barker. on a podium. Yeah, sure. we, 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 non-denominational. <laughs> right, we, you, it's you up for interpretation <laughs> on that one. Public so break. It's, just listen to. I mean, it could be anything. If you think it's a preacher, it's a preacher. If you think it's just a guy wearing a sign that says like, yep. "Do your taxes Doomsday. on the street," yep. yeah, doomsday. The, yep. the end is nigh. It could be that guy. It could be a school principal. It could mm. be, and these are story. They're story songs. Yeah. They're story, story songs. I I felt a definite connection to that one. Um, was there was there a fight to keep the AM uh, version on on the record, not on the on the on the end there on the radio? Because you guys have a version of that song that sounds like it's uh, being played in the AM radio. Yeah, it was Wait. sort of like a, I don't know. We, it was just sort of like an idea that we had. It was like, yeah, you know, we should keep it and like, well, let's. We'll just put it on. Because yeah, the, it was like one of the yeah, options that we, we yeah, were yeah. almost going to have it that way on the album. And we're like, ah. Yeah, the original thought was to have that version, yeah. the only version. Yeah. But it, it was a little too out of place to have yeah. that version as like an extra. Yeah. I think it made perfect I sense. I love the choice to have that, the like Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here type of thing. Where the intro of it, the first 20 seconds yeah. is lo-fied. And then it brightens up and it's full band EQ. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like the two versions kept on the album. Yeah, it was and weird. I love the reprise too. Where it fades out. Oh, for the yeah. pull the oh, clothes. We were playing that in the studio yeah, for that. so long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that intro, I mean, the outro of that song. I assume that's what it was. On the yeah. original the version <laughs> is a long one. Yeah. It's, yeah. We, we were in, doing vocals for that for a long yeah, yeah. time. We did a, a lot long of takes. Time. I don't know why we did it so long. We always every Any song that we have that's a, that's a fade out, we're like, oh, just, just keep going. Just keep going. Yeah. And we went real long on yeah. that one. So. I like it. Uh, almost some like Curtis Mayfield move on up vibes with the, you know, fades out, comes back in with the big ending. Yeah. Right. Really, really love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask, too, um, this is coming out on uh, the Telegraph uh, Records, Telegraph Recording Company. Um, how did you guys get involved with them and how does it work to release an album with them? And what's up with Rich and what's that like? Yeah, I mean, we've every everything we've actually physically released has been with rich oh. and, and telegraph so you know that's how this is the only way we know how to Keep do it new right London, now yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so it's no it's good he's he's a he's a big help and you know like some of the earlier albums we we went through rich and he has lots of connections we use like um pr companies um to promote the album before and like like for radio play and for um for reviews and stuff and it, he's he's been a big help yeah yeah awesome. and uh the Telegraph is in New London, Connecticut. For those who don't know, it's a awesome record store, and you should go visit and buy some records. Yeah, it's always been an awesome record store. New he location, too. New location, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, even bigger, awesomer. Yes. Awesome. It is now. Awesomer. It's even yeah. more awesomer than it's ever been. Yeah. The autonomous zone. 
the yes. t the, yeah. the Telegraph Autonomous Zone. It's very nice. Yeah. And you guys played there for record store like day. its first thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome. We we played there. Uh, I played a lot of our new songs. We debuted a lot of new songs that day, on record store day. Mm. To thunderous applause. That was one of the days where we decided there was some songs that yeah. were questionable in the set list that now have made the set list. Yeah, which we is played we played six 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 like the week before at this place in Rhode Island, and it the crowd looked appalled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> we were like, I don't know, and like I was like, guys, no, I think it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> we played it there, and people were people loved it. So yeah, it uh. You know, sometimes you gotta you gotta play things a few times. It's, it's few the times. crowd. Yeah. yeah. If we play it three times yeah. and everyone hates it, we'll we'll nix yeah. it. You know. How, how yeah, we have no problem. How deep in your catalog are you going for live shows these days? Are you do you pull songs from ten years ago to play? We do, but yeah. we, I mean, we we love the new stuff so much. It's it's pretty much mostly cool. the new songs. I mean, we we like we we like them a lot more. Yeah. And like right. the, the weird thing is, like we played at uh, the Hygienic last week, and we had like a long set it was like an hour and a half mm. so we had a lot of old songs but the crowd liked the newer songs more than the old songs so cool. right and they yeah. naturally vibe to the newer yeah. songs even if they didn't know the words because it's always fun to go to mm. see the songs you know dance sing the mm. parts you know but the the risk is always playing new songs because mm. honestly when i go see a band i don't like to hear new songs that's just my opinion yeah. i want to know the ones that i know yeah. if i go see you in concert play the hits and that's it but like I said, Andy writes nothing but hits. So every single song we play, people are absolutely loving. Especially, it was just great to see the new songs just have such a great reception from, from there was people there that had never seen us. It was an outside show, so people were just coming off the street. There was like seven people that came up to me after the show that was like, never heard of you guys. Didn't even, we didn't know what we were doing. We just came in, loved it. Lo and I'm like, awesome. that's what makes me happy because, of course, we have fans and, and friends that come to a lot of shows, but... To have strangers off the street say how much fun they had, that's a win. That's a, that's the ultimate win yeah. right there. And I think that's what the – like listening to this record, I'm like, oh, man, a July 14th release date, perfect release date for this record. Because I'm just like, this is just great to like mm. – you're driving, you roll the windows down, man, you just crank this record up. You know what I mean? It just – it feels like summer, everything. Yeah. Like the whole vibe of the whole record, I'm like, this is like such a good summer album, you know? Yeah. Uh, we really listen to a lot, it. and this this is a very good sounding record. You guys should be very proud. That makes Thank me happy. Yeah. I know that if you didn't like, it, you'd tell me too. Yeah. Like I, honestly, yeah. too. Like we, I mean, we listen to tons of and that kind of stuff is not my world either. Yeah, Punk we listen stuff. to tons of records. Yeah. This yeah. record does it sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's really, so, really great. To play what you just said, Jeff, yeah. the the ska sound. Mm -hmm. If you listen to the first full length album, it's, mm -hmm. it's heavy ska sound, real clean, real da 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 da, real real up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. I look at it as like seance, seance is a little more beefy, a little more rugged. And this album, to me, it seems a little bit more, like, universal, where it's mm -hmm. like uh, we stepped out of, like, the, the checkered shirts yeah. kind of scene, and we're playing more, like, real, like, rock and yeah, roll. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're yeah, really, yeah. like, it's we're just writing music. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. and it's sort of like, yeah, like, the Rolling Stones aren't a blues band. Right. right. Know, but, like, they, they sort of came up doing that stuff. Yeah. We sort of came up. And you can hear ska. still ska influences yeah, right. in there and, and whatnot. Like, we did, we were, there was, a like, a, a, a podcast we were on. They played our song, and the, the DJ on the podcast was, like, going crazy. He's like, oh, real heavy Clash vibes on this song and stuff. And it is. Andy loves mm. The Clash. We all, we all listen mm. to The Clash. It's like we all, we take what we love, and we kind of, like, put it into the music. And mm. that was that's what's so great about being mm. in the band because we come from all walks of life where now – with the band being established and doing shows all over the place and playing with all sorts of bands and having a good foundation and a great following, we can kind of just 
do more of what we really want to do and not stay stuck in like this the ska scene which nothing wrong with the ska scene it's so much fun yeah. i i wasted a lot yeah. of my younger years in my life hating mm. the ska scene and i for no reason just mm. because everyone was having too much fun and now i all i want to do is have fun and why wouldn't you want to just yeah. go out and yeah. enjoy yourself and why did i fight it for so many years because i want to be so tough it is so constraining pit. like mm. being just stuck in a scene like a lot of ska mm. bands they have to sound like a ska band like yep. their albums all sound the same yeah. and same thing with like hardcore, or like any any mm-hmm. music any music that you listen to, like like once you get stuck with the genre, right. and you feel like you have to play to that. Um, I'm glad that we we done didn't have to. Yeah, you don't you're not following the blueprint. Yeah. of this needs to be this. It's like rock music all across the board with toes and different. But things. still sounds yeah. like the yeah. Hempsteadies. That's yeah. the thing. It's like that yeah. is the 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 best part about it is it doesn't sound like the first album, right. doesn't sound right. like the second album, but it still sounds like us yeah, yeah. doing our thing by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, Good. it's a great sounding record. Yeah. we really enjoyed listening yeah. to it. Um, I was going to ask: uh, Are you guys planning on touring this at all, or Actually, uh, is there going to be a uh, uh, more d- dates around the country to come? I don't know. Right, right now we were th- all the other releases we did did go out on the road a bit and, and promoted this one right now with like with everything we have going mm-hmm. on right now. It's we're tough. trying to. Luckily, mm-hmm. we're right in between like Boston and New York. We mm-hmm. do play. We get we get to go out there a lot, um, so we're just uh, we're seeing seeing what happens. If people ask us and offer us some good stuff, then we're gonna we're gonna go out for some stuff. We don't have anything planned right now for this release. I think we're actually gonna try to because we're all sort of stuck here right now, unless something crazy comes our way. I think we might might start working on the next album like right now. Yeah, instead earlier, of, instead, of, instead nice. of waiting five years cool. before a new yeah. album, we might have another one next year, yeah. maybe even. Yeah, we're not opposed to it. Like I mean, the, my favorite thing to do in life is to tour you know yeah. I, I and, and we have it sort of figured out now with eight people and like because mm-hmm. we, we've done it before mm-hmm. like we know we know the logistics of it right yeah. and we're good at it you mm-hmm. know it's like we're good we're, we're punctual we mm-hmm. we i mean i've been touring for years too solo but to use that like what i know with that and and then help out us with any kind of tips and tricks that i have it it's awesome i just love playing for new crowds i love playing in cities we've never been or cities we've been to and just i just love being in this band i love being yeah. i love just playing the most fun i've ever had making music since i was like 16 years old has been with this band yeah hands down like i love to rap and i love to tour all over and and, and do all that autograph signing stuff and uh, that the most fun i've ever had is playing in the Hempsteadies, and i can say that without a doubt and sorry apathy but <laughs> love you too yeah we love you app but it's it's the Hempsteadies has got my heart, you know. It's your boys, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, is there any songs in the new record that you guys haven't played live yet that you are itching to kind of break out? Actually, I think we played everything. I think we now. played everything, um, some more than others. Yeah, I think real life we might. I don't even know if we're gonna. We played that live at Record Store Day, but I don't know if we're gonna do that one. That's a snoozer. It's a Again. it's a great headphone song. It's a real great. Yeah, but mm-hmm. like live. Uh, it's sort of like people are going to go like out and have a cigarette. It's the closest to a, not ballad, ballad but, but like, sort of, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I think it's a great song and it sounds mm. awesome on there, but I think live, it's like a different vibe, especially for us because we're so high energy. Like yeah. the whole set, the whole set, people are getting enemies, enemies working the crowd. Yeah. It's amazing to watch yeah. it. Like I just sit back <laughs> in, in awe watching him, like, like what he does. Um, I'm just having fun. 
Uh, the hardest working man in show business over like, here. He was—he almost passed out the last show. <laughs> yeah, he was like it was oh. crazy. He was like, he was like, Andy, you got to talk for a second. Water. I was like, oh, Wait, the I got nothing of him to say. Was, hey, uh, I don't really got much to say. Usually, enemy's the one that likes to talk in the mic. So here's our next song, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. Oh my. Give me six seconds. I, I was just dancing around the crowd, and it's 90 degrees out, yeah. and it's humid. And then we do into the great beyond, which is all me, all fast, all energy, yeah. all the time. And I, I don't even. I think I. I think I passed away. I think. <laughs> I, think I think I'm a ghost. I think after that song, I was kind of like, uh, we need to figure this. Out. If we're doing the song again, like between some certain songs, I'm gonna request we do like yes. a, a less yeah. me song in it, so I can just dance around and like pretend to be lipping the words, but breathing <gasps> the whole time. I just yeah. need to take more oxygen. <laughs> I thought of a, after that song, and then when I was like gassed out, I was like, there's a million different things I could have done. I could have just danced less. I was thinking about getting one of those hiker oxygen like tubes, like those little cans oh, yeah, of oxygen, yeah, sure. and like sneaking away and doing it. I've had to do that on tour before in high altitudes, like on rap tours. We went to like Flagstaff, Arizona, mm -hmm. and I get altitude sickness really bad, and I perform rap songs like I do the Hempsteady songs where uh, the promoter had to bring in like cans of air for us so that we could like breathe while on stage. And Denver is another one where it's so high up that I get headaches and I get shaky and I can't breathe. It's, it's like something you see in a movie. But I got the Bane mask on. I was really thinking <laughs> I'm doing it again, a Bane mask, and you know, wow! So. I de the can of air. I'd never, never would have thought about. Yeah, because hikers need it, or like like yeah. mountain climbers and stuff like that, and it helps. It's mm. just it's just oxygen that you can yeah. breathe in. It opens everything up, calms yeah. you down a little bit. All natural, so yeah. <laughs> all natural. Right on. All natural from the can. <laughs> <laughs> um. So to wrap it up, um. Why don't you tell the good people? Like, so you guys have Instagram. I mean, we'll put everything all in the bios and all that kind of stuff too. But um, any upcoming shows that you'd like to uh, like to plug? I mean, I know you have something coming up this Friday, right? But um, when the when this podcast gets released, we'll be at the show, yeah. I believe. So yeah. we're we're playing with Big D and the Kids Table, nice. uh, Brunt of it, and River City Rebels at mm -hmm. Space Ballroom in Hamden. Mm -hmm. uh, Big D and the Kids Table, big band from Boston. Yeah. You know, yeah, we yeah. we've never played with them, right? Uh, the Boston's. Oh, we play. played with them uh -huh. in Worcester. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. when we we played with the Boston's, they were there too. With that, that was a star-studded day mm, for that. Yeah, it was a whirlwind of a day as well. Mm. But this is more of an intimate setting. It's going to be a great nice. show. I'm sure the place will be packed. Mm. Uh, it, we're excited for that. We nice. have, you know, we always have shows in the works, planning, and people reach out to us on a regular basis, which we're really happy about. And uh, we do as much as we possibly can. But you know, with eight guys, it's also yeah. scheduling is is really tough mm. sometimes. Yeah. Mm. YouTube page, music video for Rats. I saw that was up. Yeah. Recorded in my Rats old practice video. space yeah. with Mr. Mikey skateboarding. Yeah, oh, yeah. Way. We oh, found yeah, out yeah, he could yeah. skateboard that night. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. he, he I was like, I got a skateboard in my car. Who's good skateboard? Mikey's like, I can do it. I can do it. And we're, like, we're like, yeah, right. Oh, you can skateboard? Yeah. And he was like, yeah. And he was shredding. Like, <laughs> he wouldn't stop. There was, all the of footage course. you see, there's so much of other footage of us trying to do stuff. And he's just like skating around. And I'm just like, what can't this guy do? You know? He's ill on the drums. He's yeah. ill skateboard. He's a dad. He's just like a the superhero. A Renaissance man. <laughs> you know, he's a right wild on. man. Right on, right on. Well, guys. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Thank you. Thank Thanks you for having us. Great. Yeah. Uh, check out the Hem Studies new album. It's already out on all streaming. On it's the everywhere. undercard. So we got a few undercard? CDs and tapes left too. So cool. Yeah. Um, limited run. Check them out. So yeah. get on the Bandcamp, yeah, right? Yeah, get on the Bandcamp. Get on the Bandcamp. Okay, yes. yep. Thehempsteadies.bandcamp.com is where you can get the bundles. You can get a shirt. Yeah. You can get a green cassette, limited edition green yeah. cassette, CD, 
and you can get our full catalog on there for digital. Yeah. Um, only a few left. So you only a few left. So get it. Yeah. Get it. Get it. Get it. Or don't, but get it. But get it. <laughs> Guys, thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah. You're always welcome back. Anytime. We look forward to the next album. Thank yes. you so Have much. Have you guys thank back you. on again. Thanks, Thanks. guys.